You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? I am your host, Mike. I am joined by... Mitchell. And Chill. We got a three-person team today, uh, but just because we're three people does not mean Andre and T-Dog aren't here in spirit. <laughs> oh, T-Dog. Yeah, I hope Andre's not gone off no. to the land where T-Dog has. <laughs> Did T-Dog die? <laughs> like, he went to New York. That's... Eh, close enough. <laughs> it's more like another dimension or, you know, Narnia to our Middle Earth. The worst part is, so uh, like... So we live in Middle Earth. <laughs> of course we live in Middle Earth. I like them hobbits. <laughs> we believe in second breakfast here. Um, it, it's just... Yeah, well, he doesn't want to watch the bad movie. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the issue. That's, that's it. it. He wants to play the game, but doesn't want to suffer the consequences when he inevitably loses. Yes. I, I need him back, though, because I've been losing lately. I This previous time, I can't believe it. Mitchell, you said that you could do a backflip, and I said no, and Jill believed in you, and you did that backflip, and I had to lose. I cannot so believe not only, it. Not only did I do a backflip, I did it in a pike, um, so that would be worth a lot of points in gymnastics. Yeah. So, I'm saying... Yeah. The sparklers on the at the record, end. We were blasting the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack while all of this was going down. It was rad. And the sparklers at the end when you landed were pretty pretty solid it was too. Lovely. Yeah. And yeah. also points for costume. Yeah. Exactly. The the Leo cost about you know twenty thousand dollars for me, but I think it was worth it. And the salute I gave to the judges at the end, as you said, with the sparklers, it definitely helped. Yeah, I can't believe you pulled it off, man. And especially, I can't believe you got in that Leo. Like hazelnut in it. Nice. Sounds very fancy. For today's Sunday edition of our recording session, I work out afterwards, so That's I don't want to drink and regret my life choices. But I'm drinking a delicious vanilla Earl Grey from a Tea Leaves Company. Highly recommend if you're a tea fan. Nice. Uh, yeah, your daily tea with me is always a blast. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're more like, bi- not bi-daily, but like every other day daily. Um... There are some people in the tea blogging community who I hats off to them. They post many, many pictures a day, do it every day. There are some days where I just want to keep the tea to myself, where I'm like, I'm, I am <laughs> drinking it, but, you know, secret. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I am rocking the Cerberus One from Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester, uh, Connecticut. Connecticut's finest. Um, Cerberus is a New England IPA. And they have like three different ones, I believe, but all of them are triple dry hopped with different hops. This one has Amarillo, El Dorado, and Idaho 7 hops. And it is, uh, it is a delight. Uh, this four pack went way too quickly, so whatever. Um, they have a new, a new one called Champion of the Sun. Yes. It's really good. Yeah, I brought that over to you guys. Oh, okay, that's where it came from. I remembered seeing one in our apartment. Yeah. And then I couldn't remember if you had brought it, or I have a friend who literally lives next door to Labyrinth, or oh, yeah. if her, she and her boyfriend had brought it over at another time. Um, but yeah, I tried I tried that, and it was delicious. I used to live right by Manchester, and Labyrinth was a delight. It's such a good place, uh, fun to go to. Obviously, it's got to be weird right now. I haven't been since the pandemic, but, you know, it's still great. Um, so we're going to jump into some movies. Um, Mitchell, we're going to start with you. Uh, yeah. What did you watch this past two weeks, whatever it is now, two-ish weeks? <laughs> you know, I've been very busy, uh, but I do make time for great movies. Mm-hmm. And luckily, um, we hit on a pretty good one this past week. 
One Night in Miami. So it's on Amazon Prime, and it is a story that is based on an actual event, but of course, uh, through the magic of screenplay writing, uh, we have um, a great conversation that takes place between Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, and the great running back, Jim Brown. Um, They all were in Miami on the same night when Cassius Clay knocked out Sonny Liston to become the world heavyweight champion for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And this takes place after that fight in a hotel room in Miami. So the entire thing, based on a play written by Kemp Powers, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because he was brought up on this podcast before, because he was also the guy who co-directed and wrote the screenplay for Soul. Ah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, this guy has only had two feature films to his filmography for anything that he has worked on before. His entire career leading up to the past couple of years has been in journalism. And he okay. was writing about Hollywood um, as a journalist. And then eventually he wrote episodes for Star Trek um, and then went on to work with Pixar and then made One Night in Miami, which was actually a play that he had written before that was staged in L.A. So this is a fantastic movie directed by Regina King. Um, she is a actress, more so uh, known for her acting. Uh, she won the uh, Best Supporting Actress Oscar a few years ago for If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay. Uh, this is her first feature film that she's directed. She's done a lot of TV before for shows like Insecure, This Is Us. So she's been around in terms of um, having things directed by her, but this is her first full-length feature. Um, and you could tell that an actor directed this in a good way, I'll say, okay. because similar to what we saw in Fences a few years ago with Denzel directing that, um, also a play, what the direction of this movie is really focusing on, you know, is showcasing the actors. And I think what they did in, in uh, spades in mm-hmm. this movie is the casting work. Um, it's everything from uh, who was playing Cassius Clay, who was playing... Um, all these different characters, but the one who stood out to me, and I'm going to name drop because I'm a huge fan of his anyway, and he needs to be in more things, is Leslie Odom Jr., who Leslie plays Odom Sam Cooke. He was Sam yeah. Cooke? Wait. I didn't know he was Sam Cooke. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So Leslie is given the most to do in this movie in mm-hmm. terms of delivering heavy dialogue or heavy monologues and then also showcasing his ability to sing, which is obviously what Sam Cooke was known for. Right. Um, but to give a facing black Americans in the mid 20th century, mm-hmm. on one side, you have Malcolm X, um, who is very much uh, involved in liberating black people and uh, pushing for more black rights, mm-hmm. um, as so many different people were back then or are still fighting for today. And it's really eerie to see all the things that he was saying back then, uh, profiting off white people through the entertainment of white people, as Malcolm X would put it. And the guy who embodies that more than anyone else in this movie is Sam Cooke because he is in the music guy in the room. And his whole ideal is that sometimes you got to play the game to win it. Where Malcolm X is saying you have to tear the game apart and rebuild a new one. So you get these two different ideologies. It's definitely Malcolm X on one side, Cooke on the other mm-hmm. with Jim Brown and Cassius in the middle. Um, and you just get this great dialogue of ideas. And nice. I don't think the point of the movie is to come out on one side or the other Mm -hmm. because both have fantastic points. Um, Not to make this too long, but I will say Sam Cooke, of the four men who were featured in this movie, Sam was the guy I knew the least about. Um, He, you know, was famous during that era from the 50s to the 60s. 
he died, if you want to look at when this movie took place, he died less than 10 months after this event would have taken place when he was shot killed in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a guy who approached the music industry not just as an entertainer, where he was signing contracts with big record labels and stuff. He was a guy who understood the power of owning your masters and owning songs that you actually wrote and mm-hmm. profiting off no matter who the hell performed them. So he uh, tells this fantastic story about how he owns a record label. One of his songwriters puts out a song, and it does great. It cracks the top 100, yada, yada, yada. But Sam Cooke is a savvy businessman, and he understood that the British invasion was was happening. So what he did was he uh, took that same song, and the Rolling Stones, who were an up-and-coming band at the time, wanted to cover that song, and he lets them do it. Uh, much to the chagrin of the original songwriter. So sure enough, not only does the Rolling Stones cover crack the top 100, it goes all the way up to number one on multiple charts, uh, rendering the original song uh, basically uh, out of the charts completely. And he was the same, you know, my my songwriter was pissed about it for about six months. And then that first royalty check came in. (laughs) He realized how much money there is owns it. Right. Um, and, and the best line that he delivers in that monologue is, you guys want the piece of the pie, I want the whole recipe. So, Ooh, yeah, nice. really good line there. Yeah. But Malcolm X has a great line to rebut against that, which I don't want to give away. <laughs> but that is uh, the, the crux of this movie. It's uh-huh. ideas being tossed back and forth under great direction. It does suffer, in my opinion, from the... Um, adaptation from the stage to the screen right. of dragging a little bit where you know there there are times where i was looking at my phone i kid you not like there's only so much of this ideology war that i could take right. before i tune out when a new idea is finally introduced um so i think the middle of the movie drags in that respect however the performances are fantastic the set design was beautiful it feels like the 1960s um, and Regina King, for someone who has directed now her first ever feature film, and for Ken Powers with this being, you know, his second movie to come out in two months, yeah. um, very impressed with the creation of this project. It's on Amazon. I'm going to give this thing uh, four out of five um, flasks. Um, <laughs> four out of five flasks. Uh, really enjoyed this movie. Leslie Odom Jr. for Best Actor this year. Let's go. Nice. Nice. Well, we love, I love Leslie Odom Jr. It's so fun when he pops up in things and yeah. things he gets to say in. I will definitely, yes, yeah. He's so fantastic. Yeah, I'll definitely co-sign Leslie Odom Jr. I have not seen it yet, but I'll just co-sign because I think he's an awesome actor. So, yes, best actor, sure. I'm in. I don't yeah, even no, I haven't see seen it. the film yet, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's definitely on my list, um, especially Amazon Prime. Perfect. That's great. Uh, yep. Uh, Jill, that will bring us to your movie that you saw. I've seen a lot of movies these last two weeks, to yes, be fair. But you were um, too busy for the bad movie? Come on now. Yeah, I was too busy for the bad movie, although <laughs> considering that I did watch Die Hard 2, I think I think I still lost in the end. That is not what I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do a blanket apology right now. I'm going to be talking about the film Neja or Nerja. It is a Chinese 2019 film. Um, the blanket apology is I do not speak Chinese. So my ability to pronounce things only goes so far. So if I'm saying things wrong, 
I am sorry. Please yell at me in the comments. Doing my, be- doing my best. Um, so Neja <laughs> um, is, like I said, a 2019 film. It is based on a 16th century novel called The Investiture of the Gods, which is part of Chinese folklore. And mm-hmm. it is an animated movie, and it was wonderful. Nice. Um, I was watching some YouTube videos about it afterwards, and they were saying that after Kung Fu Panda came out in the mid-2000s, or the 2000-aughts, um, China really looked at that film and were like, why aren't we doing this? We, mm. we can tell our own Chinese stories with our own, with our own art. Why is somebody doing it, and why is somebody at this point doing it better? So that kind of lit a fire under the growing China Chinese animation film market. And there's actually quite a few more other uh, animated Chinese films on Netflix, which is where this one is, um, showing that this industry is starting to bubble over. And from the things that I've seen so far, it's great. Um, I don't want to go give away too much since this is a rather short film. Well, actually, no, it's not. It's 110 minutes, so it's not short. But <laughs> I don't want to give away short too much. Enough. <laughs> short enough. Um, but I don't want to give away too much just because once you start to watch it, um, at, at least from a Westerner's perspective, mm-hmm. once you start to watch it, you can kind of see where the plot is going to go. There is that uh, a formula to it, if you will. Right. Um, but it's pulled from Chinese folklore. It starts off with these two spirit orbs, a spirit or a spirit pearl and a demon pearl. And there are gods trying to ensure that they go to the right places and one is destroyed. Um, and there is a mis- mishap. Things get shuffled around and the demon pearl is put inside a... Into, is, what's, the right way to put, is, what's the right way to describe it? The demon pearl is born within, the, within, a, within a human child um, and is going to grow up to be a demon. And oh. one of the gods is like, okay, this isn't good. So in three years, I will kill... I'm going to kill the child. Uh, Smite it down with divine lightning, effectively. Um, The other pearl goes to the dragons Mm -hmm. and grows into another character. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry. Suddenly very, very warm because I'm right near the heater in my apartment. (laughs) Although although I lowered it, my apartment is so good at staying cozy. Um, (laughs) So the film follows Neja, or Nerja, I'm sorry, Nerja as he grows up and you get to see that he's this rambunctious young child or potentially a young teenager. The way that he's animated, it could actually kind of go both ways. Um, The town does not like him. He is feared by them. He's kept inside. He doesn't totally know what is why he is different, but he is very aware that he is different and that nobody really likes him. And he just he just wants to be liked and appreciated and he's just not getting that. His parents, to their credit, are not treating him like a monster, but they're also not fully telling him the truth about his identity, which leads to some tension. Okay. And the clock is starting to run out. The film, even though it's only uh, there's only a three-year time jump, you don't really get to see a lot of time in between. We see him being born we see a bit of year maybe one like i said it, mm-hmm. the way he's animated it could go either way if he's supposed to be a young child or a rapidly growing young teen um and it culminates in the third year it's his birthday the light divine lightning is going to come down so naturally things get anime and hype there's <laughs> lots of fighting and fire and ice and gods there's a chubby little god who's a bit of an alcoholic um who rides around on a flying pig as you and... do wait what <laughs> flying pig wait what <laughs> there's a flying pig 
show you visions by sneezing. Okay. <laughs> I am not well versed in Chinese folklore, but I am fairly certain that most of these characters are pulled directly from that. So if you are well versed, you will recognize some familiar faces. If you are not like myself, it's a fun time to fall down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I am being very, very broad with my description. Like I said, I don't want to give away too much. Mm. Um, I did watch it in Mandarin. There is a dub available. I switched over to the dub for about five minutes just because I was curious to see how how oh, it sounded God. and how it varied from the original, the intended, uh, the intended um, script. Mm-hmm. It was okay, but the subtitles were still um, the like actual subtitles because I watch all films with subtitles on. The subtitles were still uh, giving me the text from the Mandarin script translated into English. Mm-hmm. And looking at hearing what the English dub was saying, looking at the Mandarin to English subtitles, mm-hmm. I flipped it back to the Mandarin. There, there was subtle, small enough differences that it actually did impact what people were saying. Minorly, like no plot points were lost in that translation, but you could tell it just wasn't meant to be heard in English. Um, well, said it's gorgeous, mm-hmm. wonderful animation, and it sets up a sequel. Um, nice. There's building their own divine universe nice. with the with these films yeah it's funny you bring up the the dubbing and subbing and all that stuff um because i've been watching lupin as i've been telling you guys um the french show and um the first episode i saw dubbed and it is just awful like it's just terrible it's it's levels of oh hi doggy like that kind of <laughs> stuff you know like um and so I switched back to the subs, and it's just so much better. Like, listening to the actual French and then having the French to English subtitles, so much better. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think, a distinct difference that, Jill, you picked up on it really well, is that especially going from Chinese or Mandarin to English, there are just some things that are untranslatable to, like, actual, you know, yeah. spoken word. Uh, so having those uh, subtitles at least add a little bit more context. Uh, to what's being said, which I think is a key point. Yeah, um, and I do have the Wikipedia summary in front of me just because I was a bad person and did not take notes. Just to clarify, it actually, there are two pearls, the demon pearl and the spirit pearl, um, but they originally originate from uh, one chaos pearl that is split, and that's where those two other pearls come from. Yeah. So, do apologize for not doing my homework and prepping. The chaos but, emerald. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that this film... This film's for all ages. This is definitely not one of those. There is another Chinese film. I think it's called The White Snake. Um, I have to double check that. That, you know, you see an animated film, you think it's for everyone. Right. Apparently, The White Snake is not... <laughs> I would not say it is 11 and under friendly. There is an There is a, a implied sex scene. Um, this movie is for all ages, on the other hand. Um, there is very little, um, violence. There is, like I said, anime fighting. So if, you know, you're a fan of Dragon DBZ, you'll enjoy this. <laughs> the only thing that I think from a Westerner's perspective is that they will find the plot to either be confusing mm-hmm. because this film was clearly created for a Chinese Mandarin audience who's familiar with the folklore. So they already know all these characters. They already know the direction the story is going to go. If you are not well-versed, the plot is either going to seem really clunky or it's just going to seem like you're missing things. So be aware of that if you're going to watch it, that 
it's not going to take time to really hold your hand and tell you who all these people are. It, it seems you already have that knowledge baked in. And then while I thought the animation was really beautiful, I could see that in the world of Pixar and DreamWorks and to a lesser degree, Illumination, this animation is not nearly as crisp, clean, or stylized. It has its style, but you could also look at it and say, oh, it looks this looks like an Illumination film. Hmm. But it's not. It was created all, all in China. Nice. Um, and shout outs to the animation studio that did that. I'm actually should have looked up who, who animated it. Um, not finding that, sadly. Oh. But... Um, who are the voices like? Do they have like America, like a famous American actor dub version, or is no. it more just like general people? Okay. I would say just general people. Like I have the Wikipedia still open. This person, I guess, is um, mostly known for TV. Although he does appear in White Snake. That's the other. That's the other um, Chinese film that I was talking about that you you'd look at and you think, oh, that's also for all ages, which is not um mm-hmm. he's in that <laughs> so we got some crossover um yeah and then you got some just um known voice actors there's a voice actress who's big in the dubbing of anime and other cartoons so okay. no one's super famous very similar to going back to before studio ghibli merged with um worked out its deal with disney for um for distributing mm-hmm. how totoro has two dubs there's the dub from I think it's like the 90s and then there's the early early 2000s dub mm-hmm. and the one from the, the first dub is not very good at all like they they just didn't have the training to deliver the roles that you know if you look at the second dub um I think like it's either Dakota Fanning they got actual like little girls okay. little girl um little girl actresses to do the dubs okay second time around so they weren't messing around yeah dakota and Elle fanning play um sotsky and may Interesting. so okay. not only are they actually sisters in real life but they're the fanning sisters right they've been acting for years a little bit of so, pedigree there so what my my plot with my point with that is that it seems like this dub at least right now um, for nasia the english dub they didn't really tap into any big name talent Mm-hmm. But it did make a lot of money. It was made on a $20 million budget, and it has grossed $742.5 million. Yeah, that's so, what I mean. What's the name of it? Na- Nerja, Nerja, N-E-Z-H-A. I thought you were just doing a bit there. I thought you were trying to get her to do it again. <laughs> no, I was trying to make you say it wrong out loud. Trying to figure out. like, I thought, So this was, um, the box office was only in China, I'm assuming? I would assume um, so because it, yes. it came out in twenty. So it came out in China in twenty nineteen, and then it landed. Um, so it came out in July twenty nineteen in China. A very okay. limited run in the United States in twenty nineteen, um, and then it disappeared for a while, and then it popped up on Netflix. Oh, cool. So I'm looking Netflix. into this now. The only piece of Chinese folklore that I'm familiar with, and I've read one translation of the story and it was very much in a bridge version it's journey to the west mm-hmm. and uh Neja is a part of this uh story and I, i'm not i don't remember the character at all um but yeah for a lot of folks this is like the one story that basically has crossed all borders uh, beyond china in terms of understanding this is a chinese story and 
fun fact, uh, Dragon Ball is actually partially based on Journey to the West as well. I got a, I got a video cool. game for you. If you, I know you're not a video game person, but I've got a video game based on Journey to the West. If you like that, what's it called? Uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Oh, and Mario Odyssey. I love that game. Mario Odyssey. Yes. No. Enslaved Odyssey to the West. It's pretty pretty awesome. It's one of my like underrated, but it's Xbox 360 game. But yeah, Ooh. yeah. Um, some other fun, another fun fact that I'm reading right now is that um, for the 2019 Academy Awards, it was submitted as China's um, entry for that, and it, unfortunately, it was not nominated, which is oh. a shame because yeah. that would have been wonderful. But it wasn't submitted to Best Animated, um, the Best Animated Film. It was submitted for International Feature Film. So, oh, take oh away from that, yeah, because. Yeah. I, I don't, this is a slight tangent, but if you guys remember the film triplet, The Triplets of Belleville, that movie kind of, oh, you shook your head? Oh my god. It is a French movie from the early 2000s that is very, it's an experience. Okay. That's all I can say. It is an experience. But that's kind of what pushed me to watch this movie was this film, The Triplets of Belleville, kind of popped into my head. And I'm like, that was one of the first international French cartoons i'd ever seen in its native language um in theaters as well it was great i was too young to see it but i watched it anyway um and then when i was looking at um netflix and i saw this pop up i'm like oh international animated film i'm gonna put this in my save for later and then suddenly all these youtubers who i watch talk about animated films were doing like best of roundups for 2020 Mm -hmm. and because this film came onto netflix in 2020 they were including it even though it's from 2019 and i'm like all right science feels delivered i'm gonna watch this still counts Um, still counts i don't know why i brought up the triplets of belleville you can delete that whole part (laughs) it was a random tangent I mean, Do you I'm, watch it now? I'm, I'm interested. No, I, I think, I, well, I think I'd leave it just because, like, people need to see it. Um, I'm happy to delete it if you really want, but I think people should see it. It looks like these guys are racing in the Tour de France, right? It, Is that yeah, the, for the Triplets of Belleville. Yeah. All I can say, like, the best way for me to summarize the plot of the Triplets of Belleville is a grandmother and her grandson are in France. He want, He's going to be in the Tour de France. Yeah. shenanigans ensue and the plot is really on the grandmother trying to reconnect in a way without spoiling too much nice okay. um, but yeah uh for Nisha Nisha was so bad that I have to say it like three times each I wasn't time I gonna, it, I wasn't gonna make you say it again I was just gonna say I'm, okay rating <laughs> rating rating for this film that's not the triplets of Belleville um <laughs> I would give it four out of five sneezing flying pigs Sneezing, oh, flying face. Oh my gosh. Uh, you guys have both given it four out of fives. Are you ready for that to stop? Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, pour, pour, some, uh, pour some badness on top of this, please. Uh, we will pour some badness. Um, so I just put a vote on our Twitter page, uh, at Game for a Movie P1. Um, whenever, whenever it's me losing, I always try to come up with four and then put it to the audience because I just want the audience to select for me. Um, and I try not to like let anybody know what my preference is. This was actually one of the four that there was two in there that I was kind of like, okay, give me this. Cause at least it looks a little fun. Um, so I'm, I'm glad at least that one won. Uh, I watched Avengers grim. Yes. I voted for that too. So does this, does this place, uh, does this uh, happen before infinity war or between infinity war and Endgame? So it gets yeah. released at the same time as age of Ultron. 
Yeah. And they they totally jumped on it. Yeah, right. (laughs) They tried to compete with it. (laughs) Um, So Avengers Grimm is all about those Grimm fairy tales. Uh, You got Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, uh, Little Red Riding Hood, and... I'm missing one. Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty... Red By the way, already has more female heroes than the entire entire MCU. I think so that's what they're trying for. Grim. Yeah, Isn't I think it weird that whenever you say its title, I just imagine the characters from the video game Grim Fandango. Yes, first video <laughs> game I played on my new Xbox like an idiot because it has terrible graphics, and I said, "Ooh, best graphics system! I'm gonna play the worst graphics game." Uh, but it's just I never played Grim Fandango, so. Um, Lou Ferrigno is in this? Lou Ferrigno is in this. We will get to that. Don't worry. Does, does he play the Hulk? Uh, no. He Hulk. <laughs> no, he plays... Um, we'll get to it. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get you there. Um, so we start off... Um, first, I want to ask you guys about the Mandela Effect. Do you guys know the Mandela Effect? You mean yeah. the Mandela Effect or the Nelson Mandela Effect? Like the Nelson Mandela Effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then No. Unless I think the Mandela effect's the same thing. So the Mandela effect is the belief that everybody has of something that is not correct. Okay, it is the the Bear Stain Bears Yes. event. So, for example, the reason it's named this is a lot of people believe Nelson Mandela died in prison. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And he became president, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I've... I'm aware of that one. I think the Bernstein Bears is a better example. <laughs> well, so the example I have is, did you know that the words mirror, mirror on the wall were never said in the original Snow White? Yes, because I'm a Disney nerd. It is so what are, what are the, what's the actual quote then? Magic mirror on the wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is one that blows my mind because literally it is, they made a movie called Mirror, Mirror. And, oh, with uh, Julia Roberts, right? Yeah, yeah, with Julia Roberts. And so the beginning of this movie, of course, starts with Snow White going mirror, mirror on the wall. Bullshit! You're <laughs> <laughs> wrong, movie. I poured myself a gin tonic. Five minutes into the movie, I had no more gin and tonic. Oh, dear. And it wasn't like on purpose. It wasn't like it was just, okay, I'm just going to drink because this movie's going to drink. I was literally sitting there just like, oh, oh, no. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it was the best goddamn gin and tonic you ever made and coincided with the... Not great film. It was pretty decent. Um, so, Rumpelstiltskin is uh, leading an undead army, essentially. That's the best way to describe it. And it's played by the guy who is in uh, Starship Troopers. I can't think of his name. Uh, Cass? Neil Patrick Harris? No. Casper Van Dien? Casper Van Dien. That's it. So he's in Starship, yeah. uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, he is Rumpelstiltskin. He is leading this undead army where basically he can just control people and take over their minds. They become like um, army, like undead army. That's the best way I can describe it. They're not actually dead. Uh, they can be converted. Um, so the four princesses and the queen, who is Snow White, um, get basically, or uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, uses the magic mirror to get to the real world instead of the fairy tale world. Okay. Snow White follows him to protect it. Um, the big bad wolf watches over fairy tale world, who is a human being that's just gigantic. The, the, the big bad wolf is just a large human? Yes, named Wolf. And he's played by Lou Ferrigno? No. No. 
Damn it. <laughs> no. Lou Ferrigno gets the, like, hero's welcome in the middle of the movie. Uh, Wait, very important question that has to be answered. Okay. Is Rumpelstiltskin hot? I mean, Casper Van Dyne... got a hot situation? I mean, he, he's attractive. I would say that the, the actor is attractive, and they don't do anything to, like, make him look ugly. It's not, okay. it's not like uh, Once Upon a Time where they make Rumpelstiltskin uh, Robert Carlyle with, like, gold paint and, like, old makeup. Kind yeah, of but we're supposed to find his tragic backstory attractive. And feels true. Mm. At least I did until I raged quit halfway through season three so, of Once Upon a Time. So I just want to say what backstory, because there was no backstory in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he gets to the real world. Snow White goes after him. The four other princesses and well three other princesses and commoner little red riding hood uh get through the mirror into the real world and it breaks and little red riding hood has like a piece of the mirror in her back Um, but so does the wolf and little red riding hood wants revenge against the wolf because it killed her family so she runs off she's just like bye felicia i'm off to my own movie yes uh the Three princesses. I feel like I'm missing one, and I don't know. The queen. No. So Snow White is like she's been there a while, and like real time passes more quickly than fairy tale time. So she's been there for like two months already. Okay. The Rumpled Stiltskin has made himself mayor of this town, and is like getting an undead army ready to take over the real world. Um, okay. Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> yeah. Little Red Riding Hood goes to this bar that the wolf has killed all these people in, and it belongs to Iron John. Played Iron by Iron Man. Played by <laughs> Luferigno. Yeah. And when we talk about the acting in this film, um, Luferigno is he known for his acting? Um, I think he's known for his acting in the way that like. Hulk Hogan is known for like his persona. He's a persona actor. He he's the Hulk. That's it. Yeah. He was the Hulk that one time. Yeah. <laughs> very famously that one time. I know, very famously. Well, what I will say about it is Lou Ferrigno is the best actor in this film. Ooh. Yes. That's what my point was. So he has grown so much as an actor. I'm very proud of him. He attended some classes. Well, Maybe he taught the classes. So remember before oh, the show, I was saying how this um, this would not be the last time we talk about porn. Yes. It's not a porno. Yeah. It's not a porno. Okay, but this movie's rated not R. It's not rated R. Uh, well, no, it might be because they do say fuck a few times. It's not rated according to IMDb. It, it's probably R. Um, they do say fuck a few times. That's, that's about it. Um... What I will say is what this movie feels like is a pilot for old porn actresses. You know? Like, it's that feature <laughs> film to try to get out of it. It's cheesy, hokey acting. Um, and so a lot of it is just like, oh, no, he can't get the mirror. That would be awful. Oh. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So steamy. Yes. So this is like when in Moulin Rouge, when, when Nicole Kidman's Satine is like, I will leave this world, you know, the Moulin Rouge, this world of, like, nightclubs and stuff like that, and become a real actress. Yes. That's what this is. Yes, pretty much that's what it feels like anyway. Uh, I know none of the actresses from anything else, so it feels like it's that, like, just step up kind of thing. 
Um, so Iron John, of course, wants revenge on Little Red, who can kick ass. She, like, is in cuffs. God, I'm getting ahead of myself, and it's just because this movie's so bad, and I want to, like, race out of it. So Little John's second in command puts her in cuffs. She gets taken to where uh, Iron John is, and she does, like, this flip and, like, chokes out Lou Ferrigno with the cuffs and, like, brings him to the ground. And she's like, I just wanted to show you I could kill you if I wanted to, but I wanted to also prove it wasn't me who killed your men. Okay. Uh, yeah. Violence always answers that question of who committed violence. Right. Uh. So she breaks out of the cuffs and runs away while everybody's shooting at her. She also has a uh, bow and arrow that she's ridiculously good at shooting. Oh, just like uh, just like Jeremy Renner. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, that's our Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> the other girls get there and are just like, "We're looking for this girl wearing red," and he's like. <laughs> Oh, she trashed my men. We're going to get you now. Um, the powers are never explained, but they all have powers. The weirdest of which is Sleeping Beauty, who just holds her hand in front of your face, and you fall asleep. Like, it shoots, like, <laughs> instant sleep. <laughs> what does Rapunzel do? Uh, Rapunzel has a wig. That's who I was missing, is Rapunzel. Rapunzel is, has, like, a definite wig. Like, it's obviously a wig. And she can whip her hair like a mace. And like, whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair Like, she, like, can grab people and, like, pull them down. And, like, she can also hit them in the face with her hair that's obviously very strong. So she's, like, Captain America but with hair instead of a shield? I guess. Loose. That was loose. That was bad. Yeah. I guess, well, technically Marvel's, uh, what was that failed Marvel... Yeah, uh, universe TV series the one that started with them on the moon and it had like that actress in a really bad different wig. Oh, it, the um, oh, it's not yeah. Eternals. I can't remember what it's called. It's not Eternals. Oh, it's, uh, um, with oh. the dog and everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. God, what was that thing called? Inhumans. 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 Right. So yes, these yeah. are our MCU. I would compare it. Yeah, I would compare it more to Inhumans. Yes. Um, but yeah, they all have these weird powers. Snow White can make things cold. She's Storm. What? Yeah. Okay. Do you make things cold? Yes, like freeze and stuff. Ugh, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by that laziness. Yes. So she can. Yes, Snow White. Like they just took the names and just kind of said make powers around it. Um, and then Cinderella doesn't really do much the entire movie. Oh, like in the animated film. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's um. They all have, like, kung fu powers and that kind of stuff. And basically the whole idea is they just need to, like, close the portal so Rumpelstiltskin can't have his army and they can get back home. Um, There's a scene where... I'm jumping ahead because, really, I I was not paying attention to the entire movie. And, you know, things happen. Uh, There's a scene where Red and uh, Iron John get put in jail in separate cells. Um, Iron John wants revenge against Red Riding Hood, who somehow gets out. Um, he makes a deal with Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin's just like, what do they call you? And he's like, Iron John. Ooh, Iron John, I can work with that. So he makes him iron. Okay. Wait, so like Iron Man? No, like, like, iron. Uh, and when I say iron, they spray paint him silver. Oh. He's the Hulk, but silver. 
Like oh. the like the Incredible Hulk TV show, but silver. Oh. I mean, I guess Lou Ferrigno is no stranger to full body makeup, so. That's you know. why he was perfect. <laughs> okay, lazy. Um, so they have to, like, go to the mayor's office, get Rumpelstiltskin to close the portal. Rumpelstiltskin, like, kidnaps Snow White, and there's, like, this really awkward scene where he's just like, I'll let your people go if you just stay with me. And, like, gets, like, on top of her and is, like, leaning in for a kiss that lasts way too long because the rest then break into there. Um... End of the movie, he's, like, holding Snow White hostage. He has her, like, in front of him, hiding behind her. And, like, Red has the bow at her and blah, blah, blah. It looks kind of like the Avengers at the end of, uh, at the end of Avengers when they're, like, pointing their stuff at Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, basically, Snow White makes an icicle and stabs herself and him. (laughs) And they all die. Or, like, Rumpelstiltskin doesn't die, but he gets away. (laughs) And Snow White, they think, is dead. They also... Iron John closes the portal so nobody can get through. So now they're stuck in the real world and have no way to get back. Sequel! And there is a sequel. What is it called? Uh, Avengers Grimm Time Wars. Wow. So there's time travel. Okay, but I thought there was three different dimensions. Yep. I have not watched it. I don't plan to. No. I think you do plan to. No. I'm going to make somebody else watch it. They don't need to see the first one. Because I think they recast like half the cast. (laughs) Looking at Iron John, and he is literally just painted silver. Yeah. Like there's no CG or anything cool. Like he's just painted silver. Anyone else can do this. Yes, it is body paint. That is not good. I just, I think I would actually have preferred if he just did like a silver morph suit. Like just... I guess, so a question that I have is mm-hmm. on the scale of fan service from being like none to what at all the very few things I know about Sucker Punch, which is fan service mm-hmm. for men, the movie, where would where does this fall? Is this tasteful or is this Sucker Punch? <sighs> Sucker Punch. I mean it, it's it's <laughs> I guess it's fan service because you just see your favorite like fairy tale characters kick ass, but at the same time, dress scantily. Yes, yeah, they're pretty. The yeah, they've got tight clothes. Like yeah, it's it's um, like I said, it's a step up from a porno. It really is. It's it's there's sucker punch. (laughs) Yeah, but sucker punch. I mean, like yeah, it's not done tastefully. But sucker punch at least tried to have a better story. Yeah, I've never actually know that there's this whole... That's Zack Snyder, right? Yeah. Yeah, like his whole thing was like, this movie is a, supposed to be a critique on the type of people who would come and see this film, so I made that film, That's, and it kind of Ouroboruses itself. No, Zack Snyder wanted to make this film and then got caught being a sleazebag and then decided to change his tune. <laughs> That'll be my bad movie. I'll watch Sucker Punch sometime. Oh my god. Mm. I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing you didn't like Avengers Grimm. I did not. I, uh, I I had a... The worst part is, like, I was just not paying attention so much that I didn't even have a second drink. And oh. so I watched this relatively sober, which is a problem in itself. 
Um, yeah. So, Go ahead. This is uh, It sounds like there wasn't a real conclusion either. No. Like, it, it's, it's, it, does, it didn't feel like its own movie and that it was preoccupied, much like Age of Ultron, in setting up the rest of the MCU, and this one setting up the rest of the Avengers Grimm. Yes. Uh, MCU. Which there's a second <laughs> Avengers Grimm movie, and there's a third one from this company called The Asylum that is a Suicide Squad ripoff, and I'm not joking, like, rip-off. Like, this is That's pretty awesome. rip-off. This, this is, like, kind of, like, it takes a lot of it and everything like that. Suicide Squad, they're not even hiding it. You know what the best part is about this movie? Just a brief uh, Google search. I typed in Avengers Grimm. The first link I saw was for its IMDb page. Mm-hmm. And it was listed Avengers Grimm parentheses video. It wasn't even like movie or TV. It was like video. Yeah, video. it does say that. Yeah, It doesn't even qualify as a movie according yeah. to IMDb. Yeah. Does it have its budget information? Only 85 minutes. I'm curious to know how much it was made for. The mockbuster. Um... If you ask me how much it was made for, uh, I think we could put all the money in our pockets together and we can make a better movie. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> Time Wars. If we wow. made a game for a movie movie, what would it be about? I feel like I feel like it would be almost like, it could go a few ways. I could see us doing like a mock you style series of like us trying to make a movie okay. or write a script. Yeah. I can see I'm that. About a movie about movies. Yeah, there you go. I would want it to be a thriller about us trying to find where the hell T-Dog is. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no conclusion. It will just be about all the friends that we made along the way. Um, and it turns out that T-Dog was behind us the entire time. I I would love a Saving Private Ryan with T-Dog just in our group. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> He's the saving high ride of the group. Oh I feel like the post credit team would just be like, we're hang, we're somewhere, and we get a text message being like, "Hey, I'm down to hang out tonight if you guys are you free." <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, Avengers Grimm. Um, Jesus Christ, this movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it the Mitchell Zero. Whoa. The Bang. half half a mere shard. That's not too bad. <laughs> Could be worse, yes, I would not agree. Not Mitchell Zero. Just because... They made a movie. Well, so, like, I, I, I can give a movie a zero. I don't care. Um, what I would say about it is they tried to do something fun, and for the sheer fact that they just had the balls to try to rip off Avengers... And Once Upon a Time. And Once Upon a Time. I'll give it to them. Like, you know, it's, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying to see it. But that they had the balls to do it, well done. Yeah, so half a star, half a mere shard. Um, we're gonna I do take... wonder if Elsa pops up in the sequel. Uh, no, they don't need it. It's got Snow White. Yeah, oh yeah, there was actually, there was a, uh, a spoiler. Um, I'm not 100% sure that I saw this right, but there's a part where like Snow White's in an ice cocoon, and then all of a sudden just goes, <gasps> and like wakes up, and that's roll credits. So she might be around for the what? sequel, even though I think they replaced half the cast. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I love it when a movie has a sequel and then they bring back characters that are absolutely not the same actors. Yeah. I like think, The Mummy 3. I think this is definitely how that's going to go. Um, but yeah. Um, so we're going to take a quick break because we got to give some love to our podcast friends so that they can give us love on their shows. 
Um, this next clip that I'm going to play is from our friends at Shonen Flop, which is all about uh, failed uh, shonen TV shows, manga, anime, all that good stuff. All about the flops that happen. Uh, so thank you, Shonen Flop, for sending that in. Uh, here you go. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Thank you, Shonen Flop, for sending in your promo. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to them. They are awesome. Uh, you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, so we're going to be doing our next segment. Our next segment uh, is everybody's favorite, of course, Mike's main. So if, if you if you haven't listened to the show before, why haven't you? Um, but more so, so Claire and I watched a movie. It is a fairly popular movie. And your second hint, friends. Finally. It was an Oscar-nominated film. Okay, can I guess? Can I guess? Wait, that was all you needed? I, we went from nothing yeah. to something. Okay. All right. Because for for many weeks now, I've been saying Chris Kringle from Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is wrong, unfortunately. It is very wrong. I'm going to go with this. Relatively recent. We've probably seen it nominated for an Oscar. I'm going to go with Jeff Bridges from True Grit. Jeff Bridges from True Grit. Jeff Bridges from True Grit. Come on, I need to look at recently nominated Oscar films. (laughs) Not Jeff Bridges from True Grit. Jeff Bridges from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> you get one guess per episode. One guess. <laughs> I still have my guess, and I will hold it close to my chest until I've reviewed. I'm still trying to figure out if I want to post my picture online, but if you want to play along, I can, I'd can. i be happy to send you a picture of what everybody's <laughs> guessing off of. It feels a little weird to send a picture of myself to random strangers, but, you know, whatever. Just put it on Twitter. Just put it on Instagram. Find a way to strike a pose and go for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it involved. But, uh, yeah, so... Oh, I've got my guess. You've got your guess, okay. I think I have a guess. Okay. Bradley Cooper from A Star is Born. Ooh. Ding, 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 we have a winner. <laughs> Look at that. My favorite movie. <laughs> I, I actually really enjoyed that movie. It still shouldn't have been nominated for shit, but... <laughs> I, I have to, like, I appreciate that you finally threw us a bone with the, um, like, the hint. Because I was never going to get that. But then looking, once you said that, I'm like, all right, let me just review some recent Oscar films. So I was... And I'm like, oh, Star is Born. I think he had a beard in that. <laughs> So I was talking to Kyle yesterday. Man, for sure. Yeah, so I'm trying to pull that off. Um, we'll see what happens. My hair does not grow very long, so it's probably going to be done April, May. Um, Do I win something? Uh, you, you win the respect and admiration of us. Nice. I'm uh, gonna like actually do a better look at what he looks like because I've never seen I haven't seen the remake of um, A Star Is Born. Okay, so I didn't know if you had or not. Um, it's funny. So, so yesterday I was talking to Kyle about it and saying how my hair is long and everything like that, and he goes, "Why are you growing your hair out?" I told him about Mike's mane. Blah blah blah. Literally, as soon as I finish, because he goes, "Oh, what are you trying to do it as?" And I was like, "I can't tell you because people are guessing." 
<laughs> as soon as I finish saying that, in the shallow, shallow, it's like playing over the speaker at, uh, we were at Noodles and Company, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a sign. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. I look forward to seeing the final product. Uh, let's see if I get bored with it first. Let's see if I make it. That was, a, like, shot in the dark guessing. No, that was a good guess. Uh, well done. Well done. This is what, a second good. time? So Mike's main, that was a great segment, guys. It's now gone. <laughs> I'm going to get you, like, one of those, like, the things you put on your fridge, like, the guys with, like, the magnets inside that you, like, do the hair. Holy Billy? That dude. We'll get one. We'll get you one of those. And then every month or so, you can do, like, guess the cinema cinema hair or That'd be fun. yeah we could do that something like that i can't think of a good alliteration with cinema and another word for hair that starts with the letter c but um cinema cut cinema cut i don't know um okay well that'll bring us to our next new segment <laughs> um so this came about because netflix is releasing a new movie on streaming every week this year uh of course we have hbo max is releasing a bunch of movies as well so we're gonna do the work for you we're going to see those movies that are getting released week after week or on different stations or whatever. Uh, and we are going to tell you if it is hashtag cash or trash. Uh, those cash movies, the ones you should see. I just hit the table. I'm so excited. Um, the cash movies are the ones you should see. The trash movies, throw it out. Get rid of it. Um, okay. Jill, you had one that you had seen. Um, I watched, let me bring up specs for it, just so everything is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched the recently released The White Tiger. Priyanka Chopra. Yes, Priyanka Chopra. Um, by, directed by, come, come on, load, load, load. I want to make sure I pronounce the director's name correctly. For sure. Um, where is the director information? Um, directed by Raman Baharani. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, um, starring um, Priyanka Chopra, um, as Mike said, as well as Indian actor um, Ardash Gaurav. Okay. Um, this is, uh, yeah, I believe it actually is fully, it's directed by Armenian, I believe the director's Armenian. It is an Indian production. It is um, pulling from IMDb, because I think this is just a really good summary. Um, an ambitious Indian driver uses his wit and cunning to escape from poverty and rise to the top. And it's based on a New York Times bestselling novel uh, by the same name. It is definitely cash. Watch this movie. Um, if you've heard anything about it, you probably heard um, comparisons to Parasite and perhaps Joker. I'm not mm-hmm. going to tip my hat and tell you which film I think it leans more towards. But if you enjoy black comedy and um, a very scathing um, criticism of class, then this is definitely a movie for you. It is a little bit long. Um, it's over two hours. So bring some popcorn, get a large drink. Um, but it, it's really, really good. Nice. Uh, Mitchell, I forgot to ask you before the show. Did you have one for this or? Um, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think the last thing I saw on Netflix that, that was an original was Queen's Gambit, and people know that I love it. So yes. Okay. <laughs> That's, That's a watch. Queen's Gambit, <laughs> cash. That's definitely a watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I have uh, Outside the Wire, which was the second released one for Netflix. 
uh, starring Anthony Mackie. It is a war film about a drone pilot who gets put on the front line to learn the value of human life, and he gets assigned to Anthony Mackie's cyborg. Yes, he is a cyborg. So it's like great, but with robots. Yes. Um, and basically, they have to uh, f- get this vaccine to war criminals in, uh, outside the wire. Roll credits. Um, the first half of the movie was cash, and then it went all wrong. Straight no. trash. Uh, so I will say it is straight trash, uh, including... A predictable ending that you can guess what happens, especially when you get to about the halfway point, you know what's going to happen. Um, Ooh, that's no good. And so then it just gets boring. And a war movie with cyborgs that gets boring. Hmm. I wonder why it doesn't work. (laughs) You know, Battleship is a war movie with giant boats fighting giant ships, and that movie got immediately boring. So never doubt the ability to get boring. Yes, yeah, that's true. That is true. And like like we've always said, like a boring movie is miserable. Yes. Yeah. That's the worst kind. That is the worst kind. Yep. So So was it just poorly acted or just no, like they Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie acts the shit out of it, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, I just can't pull it up. But um, the other guy is pretty good too. It's just the storyline just gets so convoluted, and there's a war guy or like a war dog that they're trying for, and um, they basically go. <laughs> they try to outsmart themselves. Um, Anthony Mackie, you know, is a cyborg from almost the beginning. And you realize he's doing things that are strange because he's breaking his three rules of robotics, you know, like it's, and it's pretty obvious he's doing it and it's all because he wants to be the hero that takes down this war dog that is the bad guy. And then there's another twist that happens that I will save. Well, I mean... We haven't gotten this far in a cash of trash because it's brand new. Do you guys want to know the ending? Because I'm saying to trash, don't watch it. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm never going to watch it either, even though I am sad to know. Like, I like Anthony Mackie as an actor, and he's one of those people where it's like, if I see he's in a thing, I'm going to want to watch it. Right. And, like, he produced this one, too. So I was thinking, oh, this will be great. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mackie, no. Yeah. Um, So he kills the war dog. And then he, like, knocks out the human that is with him um, and leaves him for dead, kind of, uh, because he is going to nuke the U.S. That escalated quickly. Yes. He's going to nuke the U.S. and uh, basically fix the world's problems. So he's an eco-terror... Eco-terrorist? Kind of, yeah. I guess if you're nuking the world, that that puts you solidly in the eco-terrorism camp. Right. And so okay. he's going to he's going to do this to get rid of the problems, I guess. And the human has to come to its aid and put him out of his misery. Um, which basically, if the human ever set out the tracker chip, um, they would shut down the cyborg and then start from scratch because it's like an experiment. So he has him like cut out his tracker um that kind of stuff and it's like obvious oh god he's gonna turn you know like that kind of stuff huh yeah straight trash um i've watched some i've watched some bad movies lately sounds like it yeah Yeah, i'm I'm sorry you need you need a dose of good quality um yeah i i've watched some decent stuff but um 
Watch the White Tiger. What the hell is going on? Don't watch Radium Girls. That was disappointing. One, One Night in Miami is also very good. Yeah, I'm gonna go to town on these. Um, trust me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely watch One Night in Miami. So let's conclude our uh, latest segment, which is Cash or Trash hashtag Cash or Trash. You can tell us what you've watched. That is hashtag Cash or Trash on Twitter uh, at Game for a Movie P1, Facebook Game for a Movie, or Instagram Game for a Movie. Uh, tell us what you've seen. What's cash? What's trash? Uh, yeah, we'd love to get you involved. Um, that'll do it for this episode. Episode 28, guys. It's, um, we are, we are two away from, we've been doing on the 15s, a bad movie together. Um, as well as, you know what? I've already spilled the beans on Twitter. Um, if you are listening to this, please send us the worst movie you have ever seen. It is just at the beginning of February when this episode gets released. Um, in March, we are going to be doing a 64 movie March Badness tournament. All of yeah, yeah. I've been taking the worst of the worst. Uh, Mitchell, you still have to send me yours. Um, can I just throw it out there right now? Sure. It's a movie that I okay. There are two of them. I'm a big fan of superhero movies, so whenever they're awfully made and bad, they piss me off. Okay. And. Uh, Dark Phoenix is by far one of the worst movies I have seen in the past five years. Okay. Ooh. And before then, the movie where I actually felt pissed off for watching it was uh, Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Which I have not seen. Oh, good for you. It's yeah. Don't don't put yourself through it. Um, we I'll have... add those two. Is okay. that one of those movies where it's like you look at it and you're like, I'm really happy they had a career after this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's made a career out of making fun of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, good for Ryan. Um, so I'm going to take your worst of those because we're doing one per person uh, just yep. to give shout outs and everything like that. I've been taking the Rotten Tomatoes score, the average between the critics and the audience, and gotcha. that is deciding the seating. Gotcha. So, um, yes, looking forward to that, our March Badness. Um, if you have a March Badness movie that you want to suggest, please send it in to us. Um, but, yeah, so that'll do it for episode 28. And then episode 30, we're going to watch a bad movie together. It's going to be great. We'll Socially distant. Socially distant, if we have to. If we have to, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that new Netflix party is now Teleparty, so we can do HBO Max or Amazon Prime or, or – no, not Amazon Prime, but Hulu – uh, Disney Plus and Netflix, so we can all watch something socially distanced. Maybe T Dog will join us. Maybe T Dog will join us. Yes. Um, but they'll do it. I've been your host, Mike. I'm joined by Mitchell. I'm Jill. Thank you guys very much for watch or listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, "Are you game for a movie?" See you next time.